podcast designed to lighten you up, make you laugh, and get you off your ass. Now that's Kristen being Kristen. Are you freaking kidding me? Start the show. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome to Chicken in the Bag podcast. I'm Kristen Hutchison. Uh, this is uh, another episode on Monday, and today we're talking about dreams and goals. So if that's something that you've been thinking about, then this is going to be the episode for you. Um, I'm going to be talking today with uh, Justin Nolan. Uh, he's also known as Justin Tries, and he has a podcast, and we're going to get him in here. And Adam here. Hello, Justin. How are you? Oh, oh man. Oh, you got to mute you. That's me. That's me. Technical difficulties. How are you today? I'm all right. Yourself? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to chat with you because I think you and I have a lot in common. We're both big believers of dreams, and we like to help people reach their goals and dreams. And uh, you do it in a lot of different ways. And you work with, um, you've been a teacher, you've been a coach, you do a lot of different things. So I want to just kind of talk with your backstory a little bit. Um, you've been a teacher for how many years and also like a vice principal? So you've been working with youth for a long time. How long has that been? Yeah, so the formal education piece, I guess it's been somewhere 12, 13 years, maybe essentially right out of college. I got into personal training, doing some masonry work, you know, the odd jobs you do after university or college that kind of like fill the gap. Right. Um, yeah, I miss personal training a bit. But aside from that, um, yeah, I got right into education pretty well right away, which is about 12, 13 years ago. What do you miss about personal training? I think um, a lot of what I do when helping people work on their dreams, right? Just that one-to-one -one connection. Um, what I am fortunate with is that in my educational role right now, I get a lot of one-to-one -one time as well. Really niche, really supportive of people's specific goals. So I think that uh, for me too, going into college, I always had this mind of like, how can I create sort of like a double whammy in my life? And I think personal nutrition, health, wellness, fitness is valuable. So it was kind of like uh, two birds with one stone by being in that industry too. Although there's there's a dark side to that too, because you you then end up maybe not doing it for the right reasons sometimes. Okay, I was interested. That's a good point, and I think that's really interesting because I think there is something certain people. I think when you get into certain skill sets or jobs, it's, that's because you're a, you're a fixer or a helper, or you like to see people uh, accomplish their goals. So I can understand how you kind of had, how that might maybe turns into like what you're doing now with like the youth and and helping people kind of get through those barriers to stop us from getting to our goals. I mean, we get in our own heads, right? And there's so many things that tell you why you shouldn't dream and that your dreams are too big or that's crazy or that's not going to make you a job. So I love a lot of the stuff that you do because, you know, dreaming is like one of the big things that you do and you, you work with goals and ambitions and how to kind of mend those things to, together and actually get you in your plan. You can actually make it work. What do you love about, what did you love about education? And then how did you get into like being a principal? And then I want to get into like uh, some of the um, the youth that you've been working with that kind of don't come from the best backgrounds or have some hard hardships. So we can get to that a little bit. Sure. Uh, when it comes to going to teachers college and being that like traditional teacher for me, it was a lot of actually about looking up to other people that led me there. Um, mm -hmm. When I was a young kid, I looked up to the teachers that I had. When I was in high school, I looked up to some of the teachers I had, uh, and same thing in college. Um, but also, I played football for five years in university. And so throughout that process, you know, even as a freshman, you had seniors who were going into education as, you know, a sophomore, junior, and, and then subsequently as a senior, you always had those people who were a couple years ahead of you. Right. And it was just such that, like, a lot of the captains, a lot of the leaders went into education. And so I looked up to a lot of those people. I really vibed with kind of their, um, you know, own values and things like that. And so naturally for me, when it came time to choose a path after undergraduate studies, uh, it was education. And so that's how I got into it. And then actually getting a job in it, I just was fortunate. You know, you network, you collaborate with people, you'd be ultimately a, a, a good person and then and then you'll find work. And once I had work, it was like the traditional, it makes sense. You have a steady paycheck, you're building a pension, you have benefits, this sort of thing. So for me personally, that's a big part of the story that I could go on for hours about. But um, you know, you know, it's like I think at that point for many people, you feel like you've won the lottery. But then sometimes once you start pursuing your goals, you get to that sort of, I don't want to say midlife crisis point, but you start to recognize that you have other goals beyond that. And so that was uh, certainly the case for me. You asked about the principal thing. Um, in everything I've done in life, I just naturally thought that you're supposed to climb the ladder, 
right? right. It never strikes me to not climb the ladder, mm -hmm. um, to not want to get to the top of any given profession, whether that was right. football or fitness. Um, and so I just went through the natural progressions that you do to find yourself in leadership roles, uh, formally speaking, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I enjoy it. It's not that I don't enjoy it at all. It's just right. that it's hard to do that as well as the social media and entrepreneurial goals that I have myself. Oh, what do you mean? It's so hard. I mean, it's not easy just doing all these things at the same time. I mean, I think that's what's so interesting about what I what I read about you. I was reading your uh, your website. And you were talking about how um, I think how just just tries came up, and I think you were working with three young women in the, in the teen program, and you came up with like different ideas for them how to start their own online businesses, and they all came up with really great ideas, and you thought this is going to be really great, and they were going to go for it, and then do the work, kind of like they got exhausted, and they said forget it, and they walked away and like got a regular job. I thought that was such an interesting story that I read, Justin, because I think that's what happens with so many people you know, in life, right? Like you said, um, sometimes we're, we're climbing the ladder in our, on our professional life. And then it's not that you have a midlife crisis, but you kind of feel like there's something more I want to do. And I think sometimes people either let go of those old dreams that they had when they were younger, or like you lose track of certain things that you're really interested in, but you don't really know how to kind of get back and kind of pursue those things. And then if you do have responsibilities, it's a lot of work kind of sometimes pursuing your passion on the side and still maintaining your home life and your job and still going through that. So that's what I, I absolutely, I think that's such a great point. Um, can you talk about like the youth that uh, you work with? Because I think that's interesting to hear about the teens and the teen program that you started. I thought that was really interesting. Sure. This is the fun thing about doing these collaborations uh, is that it's almost like each topic could go on for so long. I know. So yeah, you know, uh, feel free to ask follow up questions yeah. or stop me at any time. Um, but as a wide open question, um, yeah. I've always been interested in supporting mental health. Um, I struggled a lot as a teen or youth myself um, mm -hmm. and all through my younger years, it was very difficult. So one of my biggest whys to quote Simon Sinek's work is this idea of supporting mental health. Okay. Uh, you know, destigmatizing. How can we be more mentally healthy um, on the clinical side and very much the practical side more for me, right? Right. Um, and so when I got into education, for me, I always wanted to work with students that really struggled the most. Uh, and so in reference to what you were bringing up about working with teen moms, how are uh, schools for youth who can't be in a regular high school because of their mental health needs is structured here in Ottawa, Canada, is that our students all attend um, essentially charities for lack of a better term, right? They're all in different uh, situations. So for example, today, I was at one of our schools that's specifically a live-in house for teen uh, males struggling from severe addiction. So they live okay. there. During the day, we provide their high school learning, right? And so we have a, a school for youth in crisis. Uh, they're there from the mental health courts, could be homicidal or suicidal youth. A lot of times struggling with those really severe needs. Uh, we have a few custody sites, jails, mm -hmm. um, a school for uh, pregnant or parenting mothers, um, a whole number of them. There's 17 units in total. And wow. so essentially we really help them with their high school, right? So making sure that they still have high school while they're going through these yes. needs. And, right. you know, like on our meeting this morning, we were talking about two of our students that are graduating. Um, they're palliative. Uh, we have a school at the hospitals, right? For kids just with physical and um, health related needs. And even though they won't make it, we will still make sure that they pursue their educational goals and their life goals yeah. while they can, right? Because why not? Yeah. Uh, to go a little bit micro for me in particular, I support them with workplace, career and entrepreneurial goals. And so that's why I have such a big focus on and probably hundreds of times now have helped youth with really figuring out what their passion is and how they can essentially make a living from it. That's I love that. I think it's so important. First of all, I, I think it's great what you do. With, I think it's amazing because, you know, there's so many kids in society that would they just kind of consider throwaway kids. And a lot of times they don't have the right people that are there to support them. And I think I, I, I'm always drawn to people like you that are doing this type of work. And I've had so many conversations with so many people, whether they're teachers or mentors or people that have started nonprofits, just because I think there's a lot of people forget that 
Um, you can do little things to impact these children's lives or actually get involved in this career path that you can take it. So you can go either direction. And, and to see that there is a program for all these kids, which is great because it might be the difference of that kid being stuck in that society like that and that trap for the rest of their lives and having someone that has a growth mindset or opens up a dialogue and lets them kind of like be like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Or, OK, you're not telling me this is crazy and you're giving me the tools of how I could make it happen, I think is, is, is so helpful because we just we just sit there and tell everybody, especially teens, like we don't give teens enough power over their own lives sometimes. And I really think that, you know, some of them have a lot of really great ideas and they really know themselves. And if someone can encourage that, you could actually put them on that right path instead of maybe having them go through this whole career journey that they didn't even like and then be at 30, 40 years old and be like, what the hell, I'm so miserable. This is not what I wanted to do. So I think it's great that they have the opportunity to work with somebody like you who is actually doing this work. So I think that's really cool, Justin. I think um, also what you were talking about is your why, right? I think a lot of adults are trying to figure their why. And I, I love something that you had on one of your pages. It's kind of like a Venn diagram. And it was like passion, peace, and purpose. And uh, can we can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people have a hard time saying, how can I make my passion make me money? And is it something I just want to use on the side? Or is it something I want to make into a career? So can you talk a little bit about that? And I, I might be <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're so good with your recaps that uh, it gave me like 20 more ideas to touch on. Um, but yeah, so I, I think where that connects back to is uh, how I really started doing this. And as you mentioned, having time for me to do it right. was, and when I say it, I mean like using social media and having entrepreneurial goals and connecting to my own passions and really going through the work to ask myself, well, what are my own big dreams? Why right. am I helping other people achieve theirs if I don't even know mine for sure, right. right? And they haven't run them through the filter of, does this qualify as a big dream? And what does that even mean? And so, um, yeah, when it comes to the why, which uh, I have kind of two versions of it, it's okay. to help, you know, as many people as possible improve their day-to-day -day mental health, right? And then if we go a layer deeper, then it becomes a little more like, how can I help people pursue their big dreams and really own their big dreams so that it improves their mental health? Um, for some people, I think that that could be a very big monetization thing. I think a lot of people, if we're being honest with ourselves, it tends to be. People will say, no, I don't want to mix my painting with money, but that's usually some kind of dream blocker getting in the way, right? If you're like, wait a second, so you're telling me that you have to work 70 hours a week at the grocery store, and then in the extra time when you're painting, maybe you'll make money from it sometimes. It doesn't really usually add up, especially in the music industry, right? Like, oh, no, I just make my songs because I like it. I don't want to mess that up. So I'm still going to be super tired from the shift work I'm doing. If you dig a bit, that's not usually the case, but it could be. So the way that I like to explain it is like two bar graphs and one is your job and one is your passion. And what we can do is say, well, your passion is going to make $0. That's fine, but let's make sure you're still doing it as a daily habit. Um, and over time, if you want, we can continue to inch up the bar graph that is your passion and inch down the one that's just your job that's paying the bills and they can kind of meet in the middle. And for a lot of people, I find that meeting in the middle is great, right? When you have a half passion based life and a, a job as well, that, that keeps things a little bit structured and a little bit safer, that that's okay. Um, but you never know when the passion one's going to pop if you really stick with it and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and when it comes to the why for me for sure. It's just trying to make sure that people realize that we have a lot of time, 168 hours in a week. If we can figure out how to do our really number one passion at any given moment every day, that it gets pretty hard short of clinical struggles to, to not be mentally healthier, or at least give us a better chance of being mentally healthier. Mm -hmm. I think that's great because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, um, I don't know. I think dreams to me, it's almost like it keeps you in tune with like your child. And I think that imagination and your creativity and that childlike mindset is so important. I think, especially when it comes to mental health, you know what I mean? Because I think when you kind of, when you're in tune with that side of yourself, you almost have like a little bit of like a wonder or an excitement, you know, and I think it can, it can kind of help you. Uh, get those little endorphins going on that you need in your system and kind of lift your 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 mood up or your your elevation. And um, 
as you know, speaking of music, you know, as a bartender, I get to see so many people that have passions, whether they're doodling at the bar or like an open mic when someone gets up and plays music. And I love cheering somebody on and get up and do like the open mic. And when they like, they don't know if they want to get up with their guitar, they get it with them and go like, I don't know, I might just watch. And it goes back to what you're saying. I'm like, why don't I just get up there and play a damn song? And I think it's so important, like, whether it be like, okay, I'm working and I'm have a great job, but I used to love playing the guitar when I was a kid. And you pull it back out and you go to a place maybe on a Wednesday night and you play a song. You know what I mean? But that might actually be like, wow, I missed this. And it kind of like sends all those like feelings and makes that imagination like wake back up again. So I, I, I think that it's so important that, you know, no matter what age you are, you have that conversation once in a while. Like, hey, am I really, you know, doing everything that I want to do? What did I really like when I was younger? And like, can I still be doing that and still have my marriage and my job on the side? Why can't I? And I think... And I think that's such a great thing. And I, I love the fact that that's what you're doing, not only for youth, but you also work with adults that are trying to kind of tap back into that that passion, that why. So, you know. Yeah. And that's one of my big interesting things. I know you're a Gary Vee fan mm -hmm. and he talks about how his personality type is to have a whole ton of balls that he's juggling right. and plates and it's okay if some smash and you just keep going, keep creating. Cause that's your personality. I kind of am in the middle because I really do like some focus at a given moment, which mm -hmm. is why I came up with that just tries idea was that it gives me focus per for a period of time. So right now I'm really interested in online business and trying to, you know, break down the myths of that and help people understand online business. But I'm super excited for when I go into something like modeling or singing, because it's going to show people that, you know, growth mindset from beginning to end, but it also allows me to focus for a little bit, which I think is important when it comes to, to learning. Um, but for the passion based uh, kind of attempts or whatever, like you said, why not get up there and sing your song? Uh, mm -hmm. Is Israel Adesanya, who's one of the best MMA fighters of all time, but currently, like he's a champion right now. I saw an interview with him on Saturday night, yeah. and he said that he wanted to touch on a lot of things. He's a really good speaker, but he said, I want to touch on this idea of cringe. He said, people use the word cringe, and he said, I've noticed something. People use the word cringe when they're scared to try something, and they want to judge others for trying it. Like, so if you've never used social media and you open up your first video. If you go back on my YouTube to the first one, you'll see an example of cringe, right? But that's the early stages of the process. Right. And I think being vulnerable in that moment is super important. And uh, maybe Calm will uh, hit you up and give you some money for this uh, quick little plug. But uh, the Calm app uh, has uh, an episode with Matthew McConaughey and it's called Wonder. And I don't know if you've ever used the Calm app, but it's really cool. Um, it's like sleep stories for kids, right? And so um, his story, Wonder, is about 45 minutes. My daughter listens to it a lot every okay. few nights. And that's the whole story is like, how do you recapture that sense of wonder that you've lost from when you were a child? Oh, I love that because it's, it's something that I'm so fascinated by because I think I've, I saw, I think I saw a TED talk about it one day. Um, I think they said something like everyone's a genius when they're born or something, but then the amount of no's and, and the thoughts that other people push upon you throughout your life actually like takes down your IQ level because it's just like they're all putting this other stuff into you. And I think that's so important. And I, and I was actually really lucky to have a mom that allowed that wonder and didn't, didn't stifle it, which I'm really grateful. And I think that's one of the reasons that I want to bring it to adults sometimes because, you know, I was never told that that's crazy or don't do that. It was like, okay, you know, experience it. And, and I think the reason I love the cringe, I love that cringe story because I always say, I always use that with fear. You know what I mean? A lot of people will use it to hold them back or push them forward. Like I like to use fear as a way to kind of like get that, those butterflies in my stomach and make me do it. Where other people are like, ooh, well, that doesn't feel good. And they'll, and they'll stay back and not do it. So I think it's really interesting how, how we all just think differently and approach like those type of situations. And, um, and uh, I'm going to actually, I want to really listen to that story because that sounds really interesting. I think it's so important to kind of let people, let people do that. I like another thing kind of on the cringe and stopping yourself from doing things. Uh, you made a post and you said, don't get stuck in preparing to live. And I, I think that is like such an important message, Justin, because so many people, like whether you're, where you're struggling with imposter syndrome or you're struggling with perfection or, you know, especially like with musicians, I think it was about musicians not letting that, that music die before they even let it out and let anybody hear it. Like, I, I love that. Can you talk a little bit about that concept of why you wrote that? And do you do music at all? That's three questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. This is a comedy-ish podcast, right? <laughs> um, 
Okay, so let's start. Let's go in reverse order. So yeah. do I do music? No, not really. Um, what I do is uh, weekly in our jail for youth. Okay. Um, I have a lot of uh, youth who are really, really talented musicians and hip hop okay. artists. They can write so well, they can sing, um, and they can rap. And so we have a program where every Thursday morning, uh, we bring in a local hip hop artist. His name's Just Jamal the Poet. He has spoken word poetry and hip hop, and he teaches songwriting and how to record and all the process basically to the hip hop world and the industry, right? Like kind of giving them secrets and tips. So I do that with the youth. So you learn a lot through osmosis sort of. Um, I always participate. And then the rest of the day, so every Thursday, we spend it just making hip hop music. So that's the extent of my music uh, background, but I will be doing it someday because God willing, it's definitely on my list of tries, you know, um, to put that couple hundred hours into, can I, can I make some music and, and how hard is this? Um, and one thing that I'd like to touch on with that is it's very hard to come up with a brand like this and not be patronizing too, right? Cause I look at someone like Russ who's created music for 11 years. Yes. Um, and it's, it's this thing that I had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable about because who am I to say, well, I'm just gonna try and make music for six months and just see what happens, right? But then I need to remind myself that I'm not showing how to become the best musician in the world. Right. And that goes back to the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour piece, right? How long does it take to, to be an expert? expert? Right. For me, that's irrelevant because I, if I stay in a learning mode, I stay uh, like I'm living in more vitality. And so that's what it's about. And so if you start going more closer to 10,000 hours, you're getting away from that anyways, right? You'd have to right. choose something else like golf or something. So, um, so yeah, so that's the extent of, of my, my musicality part. Um, in terms of the self-help thing, I don't know how many, you can probably see a couple over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, but for me, there's a lot of, books that I read. And I was definitely stuck in that mode, like early 20s for me to mid 20s was, you know, maybe if I read one more business book, maybe if I read one more self help book, maybe if I read one more mental health book, I'm right. going to be able to succeed. And really, again, going back to the brand, this is the most times I've ever mentioned just tries in one conversation. <laughs> I don't usually say it, but this is another part of that story is that that's the only way to grow is to go try it. So take what you read in that book and go apply it immediately. Don't wait two years. Uh, music, to go back to that example on that previous post, um, there's nothing better than musicians right now who will um, you know, showcase some of that and bring their audience into that narrative of I'm creating and you're getting to see some of it. I'm all for really successful musicians like uh, a Justin Bieber or like a Taylor Swift building an album over the course of three, four years. That is cool too. Um, but I think if our goal is to help people learn and to inspire and motivate, then those who do it more rapidly have a greater impact that way. Yeah, I think it's great because one I you mentioned Russ, and I'm actually fascinated by him. I read his book, and um, I think he he is really interesting because he really kind of built it. You know what I mean? Like, and he does it all, and like he's just so passionate, and he's just like. I just love like the energy he brings to like when he's working on his projects or the way he sh takes you along or just shows you certain things. And I think it's really important because, you know, to go after your dreams, you got to be a little bit crazy. Sometimes you have to like really almost have like, like this belief in yourself because everyone else around you is going to try to talk you out of it so many damn times. And if you don't have like that fire and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? It, it'll, it'll be easy after those kind of like a couple of times you hit that bottom that you'd be like, oh, why? Well, you know, everyone else is right. I've been doing this for so long. This is so stupid. And uh, so I, I love that you brought that up. And I know that you keep saying just tries, but I think it's such a cool thing because some people have a bucket list. And I love the fact that you challenge yourself to say, I'm going to just try it. And I think, I think that's going to be so cool to just kind of say, hey, um, okay, I'm helping somebody work on this. I'm going to learn it. And and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, learning is part of the joy of life. You know, I think a lot of people think like, all right, I already went to school. I'm done learning. But I think if you're open to keep learning, I mean, and some amazing what more things you can learn, even as you get older, that might actually reignite that little excitement in you that you might be like, oh, I never knew that I, I liked this, or I never knew that I was even interested in this. But if you're opening yourself up to learn new things, you'll, it might open, open up all different like little, little boxes you didn't realize. Yeah, for sure. And again, for me, it goes back to that like really basic why of helping people in society at large with mental health. 
because when you are excited about learning and working on whatever you're continuing to get better at, yeah. I really am a big believer that that and generosity, like when you are in the mode of giving or you are in the mode of learning in those two spaces, it's really hard to feel anxious or depressed or stressed. Right. Um, now, again, I work in hospitals. I work with psychiatry and psychology all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, and I do get trolled for this often enough that I, I'm like pretending that mental health is easy. And I think that that's an important point to preface is that it's, right. it's not, it never is. And it's complex. However, if we're giving ourselves the best chance of it, then by um, being able to learn or be in a generosity mode, that's the, the that's one of the big hacks. And so at least it works for me. And so by doing this, I'm really hitting on those two things, right? I'm always learning, yeah. uh, like not fake learning, like kind of getting better at teaching, because for me, obviously, that is learning. Mm -hmm. but it's not the same level of vulnerability, you know, like someone who like goes to learn comedy or something like if right. you've never done it, but you've always wondered what it would be like to be a yeah. comedian, you know, <laughs> like Amy Schumer or something, and you yeah. go try it, that's the level of growth mindset vulnerability that puts you in that state where you just feel different. Um, I'm so bullish on it. Like a, another really good example was I watched the uh, a doc, mini documentary on Logic, the hip hop artist. Yeah, he's and, another one I'm fascinated too because the way he, the way he kind of like did the fan base and like built this thing and kind of built it from the ground up. And you know, what I mean, I love those stories because it just goes back to like if you're willing to put the work in and build the foundation, if you build it, they can come. Continue on, but I just want to say that. Yeah, and well, I'll just hop to that quickly then too because you mentioned the same thing kind of with Russ about that self-made thing. I think that's another really important time to point out that even for both of those people, they've really, really had an insular group of people to lean on. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I get the question all the time. Um, if you were to give like one tip right now, right? Like the end of podcasts, people always ask that if you gave right. one tip to pursuing your big dreams and slowly over time, uh, I've developed where it's just the same answer. And it's probably a sneaky one, but it's like find at least that one person that you can lean on throughout this process. Because I'll, you know, I was talking with one today, a really good photographer, but I know that they can struggle with confidence sometimes. And so just reach out randomly to say, you know, I saw one of your recent photos, keep going because they wouldn't take it upon themselves to to reach out for support. And I right. think that that is so important because there's gonna be so many ups and downs that people um, unfortunately feel like they need to do it all alone. They look at like the Russ and the Logic stories and right. they think like, oh yes, me in my basement. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a really good John Mayer song about that, um, about like building the submarine to travel around the world. And it's like, it, it's that because you're going to have to lean on yourself most importantly, but those yeah. memes and those posters about like, nobody's going to do it for you, do it yourself, confuse yeah. people sometimes. I think right. it's important to have someone, one person who really does believe that when times get tough, you lean into them and, and you can hit them up for, for questions and support. Um, I think that's, that's really uh, an important part of it. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. Cause I mean, I have a, a big sounding board of people around me. You know, like, because, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I did do comedy and I, that's, I started that a couple of years ago. And, and that was one of the things I, I totally, I, you have to agree that you have to understand that if you're going to go after something that's, that's kind of crazy, that it makes you almost feel like you're going to throw up. It's not always going to be beautiful and it might be ugly. And, and I can tell you like open mics of comedy is just like, you just like, it's just like punching yourself in the face and be like, Oh, that felt great. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, a lot of times, you know, they're all in their own head and they're all writing their own stuff and they're not paying attention to you. And you almost feel like you're talking to like an empty wall. But you, I feel like going back to mindset, like you were saying, I think you have to kind of be like, know what you're looking for. And for me, I know that I'm trying to make people think differently or make people lighten up and laugh. So for me, if a lot of people don't laugh and I feel like, hey, that was a great story. I'm good when I get off. And so you have to kind of find your own way to kind of be like, OK, that's OK that was good. I can work on this and then kind of figure out in your own barometer and then listen to the people around you. But I am lucky to have like friends and family that are really super supportive. So it's nice to have a sounding board when you're kind of in the thick of it, just going after your dreams, because there's going to be days you're just going to be like, ah, forget it. I'm just going to give up, you know? Yeah, abs absolutely. And, um, for sure, for me, one of those things can be people that you don't know. Right. And I think that's yeah. also interesting too, is that a lot of our sort of in mentoring people, I do an exercise where I say, let's um, put some people in like a mentorship category for you. So you at least one, but to categorize, I will say like, let's make sure you have at least one mentor, one uh -huh. mentee, 
And then someone that you're competing and collaborating with or a bit of both, right? So on that same level. So like someone above you, someone below you, someone kind of on your equal, but then a hero too, which is one that I really like to throw in there because you're going to have that, that big hero. Like let's say it's in the acting space, right? Maybe it's Dwayne Johnson and you're, and that's the big one. So you're probably not going to call him every time you're struggling right now, if you're just starting out, but that's the one that you look up his content on YouTube. That's the one that you think about when you're struggling. And so you kind of have those four people that are playing those, those roles for you. Um, and for me, going back to the idea of, uh, of the just tries thing, the other thing when it ties into mental health is you don't know what you want to do until you try it. I think that's the most important part. People will say, I want to be a comedian. I want to be a hip hop yeah. artist. I want to be a dancer or a fitness guru or whatever. Until you are intrinsically appreciating what that feels like, you don't know just from looking at other people do it. And I think that's why that part's so important. And for me, when it comes to sort of the heroes piece, you know, mm -hmm. in, in my adulthood anyways, um, you know, there's this, there's this motivation for me that exists by having lost people, whether that's close to me, but to just go to my heroes for a split second, I would have loved to interview Randy Posh or uh, John Taylor Gatto or Sir Ken Robinson, who may be the video uh, you were referencing Sir earlier. Yes. Um, they've all since passed, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it's this, you know, sort of capturing this, this energy of like, you never know when our time is up. So instead of treating that as like the dark side, let's find the positive in it and continue to strive towards achieving our dreams. Cause why not? Yeah, why not? I love that. Well, I'm always like, why can't I, you know, like, why can't you? I'm so sick of people telling you, like, there's a lot of people out there telling you what you can't do, right? But then ask those people to tell you what you can't do or that that's a crazy dream. Like, what have they done? You know what I mean? So if they're just getting up and going to work every day, I don't know why you're asking them. Like, I, I had this conversation with a friend the other day because, you know, when you're kind of trying to do something and people around you don't really understand, like, if they don't understand social media, or the opportunities that are that, that you can make through this, right? And you're trying to tell someone, they're like, what are you doing? Like, they're like, I don't understand what this is all about. It's because they don't understand it. And instead of letting them defeat you, you know, find the person that understands social media or understands what you're doing and listen to them instead, because the people whose voices you put in your head are going to be the ones that are going to keep you kind of going. So I love the fact you say the mentor, the mentee, the hero, and the, and the um, what is the other one? The competitor. Equal, yeah. I love that. That's such a great thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that, Dustin. That's a great little nugget. Um, there was something else I want to ask you about. Um, oh, going back to like um, comparing yourself to other people, right? It's been done before. That's another thing that so many people stop their dreams because they're like, oh, there's already five gluten free, you know, people on Instagram, or there's already a million da 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 da, right? Um, and I'm a big believer. Of maybe there are, but they're not you, and you're unique. So how do, how do you help the people with the um, it's been done before question? Yeah, for me, it first comes down to what is the real truthful ambition. And that's probably like a one or a two hour conversation right. minimum, right? Maybe yeah. two, two, two hour conversations at times to truly get there with people, especially if they're, you know, if they've been blocking their dreams for a very long time. Um, but once you understand that, the question becomes a bit clearer, right? Because right. If the goal is to do something that makes you happier, um, and I say happier because I really, we can come back to this, hate when people use the term uh, be happy, but we can come back to that later on. Um, but if the goal is to help you live with more vitality, right. then, then that has nothing to do with monetization. It has nothing right. to do with numbers of subscribers or followers. Right. It has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. So who cares how many people have done it? In fact, it's just going to give you more inspiration, motivation, and a community to, to be part of. Um, if it comes down to business, uh, then I think it's important to start looking at sort of the, the spokes on your wheel of possible revenue streams. In other words, um, if you're going to try and monetize through a product, for example, mm -hmm. uh, it's important to remind people that you only need a very small piece of the overall pie to make that a successful ambition. And not only that, I think one thing that's missed, I went through it for sure, mm -hmm. was thinking that, um, oh, I need to find the product that nobody else is doing. And I think anybody who understands business understands that it's almost the opposite. Like you can exit a company for $2 billion that you built because you said, oh, wait a second, kombucha is getting pretty popular. There's six really awesome brands. I think I could make my can like this. And I think I could add or take away this ingredient and make it successful too. And you build that brand and very quickly, you because you already know there's a market, right? A lot of people who understand this will just go through Procter and Gamble uh, products 
and they'll find some of their best sellers and then they'll pop up their own version of that because they know the market exists and they only need a tiny piece of that pie to make it super lucrative. And so that's the same with social media. Um, you know, if you want to be um, a YouTube person, right? And there's a ton of people doing YouTube photography content. Um, again, you only need a small piece of the pie to make that successful for you. That's such a great point, Justin, because I, I will say that's one of the things I've realized from being on social media so much over the past year and kind of doing these things that I'm doing and talking to people. There's so many people that are out there, like everyone's always obsessed with how many followers, how many followers. I'm like, who cares? Are they even really following you? It's just a, it, like it's just a, a number. And then I'll look at people that actually are having huge businesses and they're they're running like specific things. Like you said, like they're really they said, OK, everybody needs to learn how to do this. That's what I'm going to do everything. And they're doing and they're doing great for themselves. They're working for themselves. Or I saw a video the other day about products on Amazon. Right. And they just say it doesn't matter or a song. Like I think somebody said you can just take certain things that are already on YouTube and repackage them and still put them on a page. And some people will still subscribe to your page. So I love the fact that you're letting people understand that. That's such an important thing for anybody that's listening to understand that it doesn't matter if there's a million people already doing it. You can still do it because there's a lot of people out there and they might gravitate towards yours or just tap into your product. So that's okay. That's, that is such a great point. Another thing I want to talk to you about, this is something I'm obsessed with is I think, um, I think you did a post about the maze, right? We all have our own maze. And I kind of say, we all have our own, like what you should just blaze your own trail. I think we kind of have a similar mindset on that. Uh, talk a little bit about what you think about finding your own maze. Yeah, you know, I think we build mazes to like, uh, kind of like a puzzle, right? right. <laughs> Continue to use different uh, versions yeah. of it, I guess. Um, but why do we do it? We do it because it's fun, it's challenging, and there's only one answer. And actually, this very much ties into what you were just mentioning, because I was thinking uh, about following up with the fact that just the same as it being our own DNA, that our goals, ambitions, and dreams, and all of this stuff is really scalable down to like the individual, right? Um, and so uh, to reference one of my own kind of micro failures or learning things is I had uh, a membership to help people pursue and own their big dreams. Mm -hmm. But what I've realized is that it's so hard because there's so much context that it makes it literally like there's 7.3 billion different answers to that question. Um, so that's what I, in part, what I mean about this idea of figuring out our way through the maze, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of times those walls change or it's different because it's very much tailored to us. So, yeah. you know, that, that kid with the placemat at the pizza joint or the breakfast joint when he's a kid doing the maze, you know, trying to figure it out. It's like we each have one of those um, and we need to just continue, you know, um, trying to find our way through it. And that really goes back to that idea of living with vitality. And I promised to bring that back up um, to, to clarify that a bit. Um, I had an opportunity to speak to Simon Sinek really early in his whole business that he built, which was right. pretty crazy to think of now. Right. Um, I don't think he would take my call. But um, the, the interesting thing that he pointed out was the idea of uh, living with vitality yes. versus trying to map uh, and live with happiness. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll bring up a very, very recent story to, to kind of put in alignment with that was today working with a student who really struggles with addiction has finally said, okay, I need help. You know, I surrender. I want to get into recovery. Um, but we talked about his gang past as well. And we got on the topic of anger. And the yeah. first thing he said was the same thing all teen boys say early on when they're trying to figure out how to stay out of trouble um, for themselves or uh, criminally. And they'll say something to the effect of like, I just need to learn how to control my anger or I need to learn how to stop being angry. And like, I always catch them and it, it's, it's scary for me to hear it now because I know people who don't embrace and love anger just as much as they do happiness are going to struggle. And I think it's the same with sadness, right? And so oh, these emotions yes. are so important to um, understand how to use them, right? And so mm -hmm. breaking this down for this kid today, it took me over an hour and I'm not sure that he still fully gets it, but it's like, no, you, 
once you get that anger, like embrace it, enjoy it, and put it into your poetry, put it into yeah. your painting, put it into yeah. your music, put it into your boxing, put it into your right. fitness, put it into going for a run, whatever it is, let's channel it, channel it. Um, like a Mortal Kombat character and uh, kind of like push it back out, right? And so I think that's the the most important thing to point out. And sadness is a great example. And that ties it back to that Simon Sinek one where he said, you know, you can go to a funeral and be living an amazing life of vitality, mm -hmm. but you're probably not going to a funeral and feeling happiness. Right. However, it's important that we just pave our lives. So 365 yeah. days a year, we can operate with vitality, not necessarily happiness. And I think that's an important thing to point out because I went through a very very long time, maybe 15 years where I was always wondering what's wrong with me. I'm not happy. Uh, and it, it's a tough thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love you touched on a couple of things that I just want to like, Oh God, I'm trying to remember them. Okay. So first of all, like I know kids, I think happiness is a trap because of the word. Right. And I think that, um, I love the fact you said channeling the different emotions. I think it's so important. I think that's the problem with what we're doing with society. We're trying to bubble wrap everything or make everything fair and equal and nice and happy. But unfortunately, that's not how the world works. And we all have a variety of emotions in us and a, a variety of different experiences. So I always like to say that I'm a I'm an optimistic realist. Like I understand that there's ugly, good, bad. and I, I'm going to have good days and bad days. And I understand that. And I just OK, but I just don't want my bad day to be a bad month. So I kind of will feel my feelings. And I think one of the things that I think is important, like you said earlier about mental health, I think mental health is so important. But I also think that mental toughness is an important piece that we don't really adapt and like and, and bring into the conversation because, okay, yeah, you're going to have bad days and you're going to have a variety of emotions. And I think that when I grew up, I think Mr. Rogers was really good about talking about all those different emotions that you had. He really explained them and let kids kind of feel them. And we don't really we don't really have those discussions as much as we should be, because if kids can understand what that feeling is. Maybe they can learn how to channel it better, deal with it better, and then understand it. And as long as you can understand it, then you can kind of like embrace it and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with it now. Like, you know, like, like you were saying, okay, go for a run. If you have a kid that's having a temper tantrum, hey, you're frustrated right now. Why don't you go do a lap around, you know, go do a lap around the house or, you know, go do something and then kind of calm down and then come back to the table. If you're going to sit there and try to keep having the conversation with another thing, what's going to happen? It's just going to blow up and just get out of control. So I think that's such a great point to kind of have the dialogue to help people understand those different, those different feelings and emotions and how to use them more properly in your own life, because then you'll understand yourself better. And then maybe you won't beat yourself up so much about the different highs and lows or where you're at at certain days of the week. Well, for sure. And, and normalizing it so that it's just part of being human. Right. And that's where um, it ties into something that I've really become interested in the last few years because of the work I've done around addictions. And um, it's Russell Brandt is probably the face of kind of this this part because he's done so much work in the world of uh, addiction and recovery and making it more of like a mainstream popular topic as opposed to just a medical field topic. And, uh, you know, one of the things that he speaks on a lot is that we are all addicts every one of us he talks about how for him it was heroin so he, he he considers you know you think about the idea of seeing things um not necessarily with rose colored glasses but as like a vitality like positive mm -hmm. silver lining for him he talks about how because it was things that were so severe it really helped him because it became such a big red flag but somebody who struggles you know being addicted to something like uh netflix or something really positive like exercise or something mm -hmm. kind of you know, but it still keeps them in that low grade uh, feedback loop of needing it to feel good. Yeah. Um, they can struggle like that for 50, 60, 70 years. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, so anyways, just the idea that our emotions make us human. And so should we, we should all embrace all of them. Um, and it's the same thing with this idea of just picking our habits and trying to continually shift these sort of negative-ish ones for more positive ones. And just over time, it's, it's just a never ending battle as opposed mm -hmm. to it being like one-off things, I think is important. Yeah, I think that's I think that's important because, you know, we're all complex and we all have a lot of things. And I, I love the fact you said that everybody is an addict because they are. It's you know, I always say like an addiction. People have addictive personalities and sometimes it's the variety of where you guys are. Some people are better recognizing it than others. Like I realized that alcohol and I weren't going to be friends at a young age and I chose not to embrace and you know, embark on it. But I'm a bartender. So that throws people off all the time when I'm over there pouring drinks and I don't drink. They're like, what do you mean you don't drink? And I'm like. I just realized it's just not something that really does well with my, 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 my psyche or my personality or just my mental health, you know? So I just recognized that and I was lucky, but 
you know, you watch a lot of people. And that's why when I when I deal with people that have had addiction problems and I'm trying to talk to them and try to encourage them, I'm like, don't beat yourself up about your process or your or your or your past. That was your past. OK, you did the best you could. You got yourself in a situation. But if you're trying to be the best version of yourself and heal yourself, you know, let it go, because no one's going to yell from the top of, hey, I'm an addict, you know, or, hey, I have 10 drinks a day or, hey, I, I have to run this much. And you know what I mean? So, like, um, I think that's so great that you, you said that because so many people do hold on to so much trauma or like negativity on themselves because of just a situation that they got themselves into. You know, and, and a lot of times it really wasn't your fault because it could be a genetic issue or it could be a trauma issue. So I think taking away the stigma on that is so important. It's a really great conversation that we should have more of also. Oh, for sure. And um, I, I know Jim Carrey, I've seen a lot of people on TikTok or Instagram repurpose this one clip of him. So I don't know, it's probably Seneca or someone wild way in the past who, yeah. who said these types of things, but um, how depressed really means deep rest because it's just that we need rest from the character and the facade and the masks that we've been putting on. And I think shorter without getting too philosophical, it's just, it's so true. And for me, when I really struggled the most, it's always because I'm comparing myself or comparing my situation, or I'm trying to be something that I'm not yet instead of going that Eckhart Tolle route and really embracing the power of the, the given moment, right? And pain does not exist unless it's past or future. And this is one of the things that has really inspired me with the youth that we work with, because if anybody was going to struggle or whine about their lives, it's them. Yet, you know, as I referenced at the top of the hour, we have two students right now who are graduating who are palliative and still want to do that last exam, that last assignment, because yeah. you find yourself in this mindset of being able to be in the power of now. And, and I right. think that just can't be un understated enough. Um, it, it just really, to me, unlocks a lot of what we've been talking about when it comes to vitality while still pursuing your goals. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Cause I think so many people don't know how to be in the now. I'm always a big believer of like, if you can celebrate what you have instead of what you don't have, it's just a simple little, I think there's just little tricks of just switching how you look at little things that really just bring you a lot more inner peace. And I think that there's the comparison and the, and the, I don't know, like everyone's just so overly focused nowadays on such issues and instead of just like looking around and be like, oh, hey, I got up today. Like, look at like your students that are palliative care. Like, you know, there's certain people that aren't going to get up today or there's certain people that didn't get tomorrow. And and I think that if more people could understand that you maybe would take a little bit more. Um, I don't know, maybe treat a little bit like today a little bit better, you know, or just treat like the little things around you. And I think it, I think it's such an important mindset shift that I wish more people could kind of tap into. Like, I, I think that's why I think when you said earlier about giving. You know what I mean? I think there's an there is something about the fact that when you come from a giving mindset, you do you feel more fulfilled. I don't know what it is, but for me, I find people fascinating and just I like having conversations and I like hearing the way people think or hearing other people's hopes and dreams because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. And I, I want to learn. And I think one of the things that you're a big believer of is con continuously learning. And I think when we continuously learn, we're continually growing. And if we're continually growing, then we're kind of like inspiring ourselves in a roundabout way. I think it all just kind of goes in a big circle. And I think that is such a great point, Justin. Yeah, you almost feel like you don't have enough time to, <laughs> do, all like, to do all the things that are exciting you and really bringing you vitality and being enjoyable. You're like, uh, how can I sleep? You know, like there's all these cliche examples of Beyonce doing that for four days when she was cutting her album. She didn't sleep and didn't eat because she was so focused. Um, But I think that, you know, goes into like me high chicks and me high stuff around flow. Right. Like, yeah, when you are embracing that and you're truly learning. Um, and, and I think I got a little bit sidetracked earlier referencing logic because the okay. real reason why I was going to bring that up was yeah. in the documentary, he learns piano. And for one song, and I don't think it was ever released, I think he only did it uh, in the stadium tour, but he learns piano. And what was really cool to me was you could literally see a difference like on his face when he was learning piano because it was brand new, right? It wasn't like he looks when he's practicing writing or singing, but when he was learning piano, he just had a slightly different childlike innocence about his like demeanor and stuff. And that's the perfect example of being really truly in that deep learning 
uh, moment. And you, you brought up gratitude, generosity, and learning. I think those are three cliches that is so funny. We've been talking for almost an hour, but we could have been talking for like 90 seconds. And if you say each of those, a lot of people will say, yeah, 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 I already know that. Um, and this goes back to the reason why I'm trying to do this work because we put it on posters like this, right? Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, right at the top, it says dream more. I think that's probably yeah. cut off, but, right. um, and we put it on t-shirts and bumper yeah. stickers, right? And yet people will say, oh, I'm struggling or, right. you know, like life sucks. And it's like, okay, well, you know, are you focused on gratitude? Yeah, yeah I already know that. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, you know, generosity and learning. And, and then you kind of go through that checklist and they're probably not doing any of those three. Um, and it, it does sound easier said than done. But the point is, if you are doing those three, you're giving yourself the best chance and people will laugh. They'll say, oh yeah, well, I already know how to do gratitude. Yeah. So, okay, well then you're good then. Like yeah. you don't need to listen to me because it's working <laughs> or you're doing it wrong. I totally, oh my God, I totally agree with you because that's some of the, that's one of the things I think about with social media. Like you said, like we throw it on a poster, you know what I mean? Everybody puts these posts out like, and um, you know, like, oh, kindness, empathy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but I really being kind. You know what I mean? And I think that's what so many people, you know, they, they say a lot of things because yeah, they know that it's going to get a couple of likes or they know that it sounds good, but they don't really implement it. And to be honest with you, like you said, it takes work. Like it takes work going after your dreams. It takes work practicing gratitude. It takes work being a giving person. Like a lot of this stuff comes with zero dollars back. You know what I mean? It's, but it might not have zero dollars, but it might have a big different effect on you. And it's kind of interesting because I think that that's what so many people don't realize. You know, I, to me, sometimes if I did a, if I did a set and even if I didn't get a lot of laughs, if one person walks in and goes, oh my God, I never thought of marriage like that. To me, I'm good. You know what I mean? Or if like, if I do this show, maybe it's not a top 100 podcast, but you know what? If I get a DM from somebody that says, oh, this really helped me. I never, I didn't think of it that way. I'm like, that's awesome because I know that it put a thought in somebody else's head or maybe it made somebody else you know, think differently or, or improve themselves or, or look, or feel a little bit more hopeful. So to me, I think in a day, like in, in an age like today, where everyone's in this constant struggle to be happy and perfect and, and show the highlight reel, I think it's good to have conversations about what the backstory is. How do you really do it? How do you really make this happen? And I think that's, I think the more people that share that, um, can really maybe help other people say, Oh, okay. I didn't realize that it took logic this time or it took Beyonce this, or, or I think it's really cool that Justin goes on and he's learning all these new things and he's showing us how he did it. So um, I think that that's all that fantastic stuff. And I really appreciate you sharing your journey and, and inspiring other people to, to embark on their journey too. Well, thank you. Because for me, that's what is oftentimes missing, right? Is the pragmatic, practical like you know uh how do we actually do the dream big stuff and it can be a tough story to tell um over the years who knows where it will turn in terms of really having a big impact on people yeah. but if it does have an impact and i'm able to look back and talk about the story and the whole journey it'll be really interesting because it's already been through so many versions because it can be a little bit tough to explain but you just did a, a really good job because to me that's what it's all about is it's easy to post that poster the meme the the quotable um but how do you actually do that is kind of the most important thing yeah and i think i think what people like you that are actually doing and showing like you know you're you're on like they can follow the journey and they can say oh wow that was really cool he he had a conversation with this person and today he learned how to do this and i think that that's part of it and then you're actually implementing it by taking what you learn and sharing it with people and then also giving it to youth that might need that inspiration and i think regardless whether it, it hits on a big scale there's definitely people that you're impacting on a day-to-day -day basis that someday when they go back and say hey justin I just want to say thanks because I finally put my my son out or I, I started that online business or you know what? I didn't quit because of you. I think that's that's to me is amazing. And I think that that's going to be uh, deep down uh, probably a, a pretty cool feeling. And I'm sure someone has said that to you over already a couple of times. I'm sure you heard a couple of times already from how many people you've been working with for so long. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I used to get that daily, to be honest, which was yeah. neat because you kind of um, 
not that you need validation, but it's hard. You don't really know how people are appreciating things until you do hear something. So it does help. Yeah. And not only that, it helps you know who really is taking the steps in their own lives to achieve their goals, which is super cool because then you know who to continue to support, like just reaching out to random people who, you know, because you saw them like one of your posts doesn't really do anything. But if they say, as you just put it, uh, I'm going to actually work on my song now, or I had one the other day that said she's wanted to do uh, ceramics and like resin art, but she's actually going to do it now. And there was a painter. So there's kind of three recently. The interesting thing about that is I'm yeah. not as active with the micro content. And this is, like I said, all these different versions and iterations. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in the current moment a little more on the macro, really high quality podcasts, really focusing on what's the best direction to take this in the big picture right now. And so I'm posting less memes and like I used to post daily and like that kind of stuff right now, because I just think that um, I want to make sure that the conversations we're having and the episodes for now are more in depth, right? Yeah. And that it's leading people into those conversations similar to like you and I just had now. And, yeah. and another thing for me too, um, that I think can really help people a lot uh, why are they scrub to the end of this episode or pick it up and uh, uh, watch the whole thing <laughs> yeah. um, is appreciating that you do have your own really intrinsic purpose because um, those things are nice. But when people write that they are still a little bit extrinsic. And for me, um, my brother passed September 12th of last this past fall. And so that was sudden yeah. it was a car accident. Um, and uh, prior to that, he was somebody that I was having as many conversations as I could with, and we were really, really getting close to helping him figure out those two bar graphs we were talking about earlier, right? Like this right. idea of when you're, if you can figure out what that passion is. And for him, uh, it was video games and it was golf. Like those were the two main ones. And we were working on, well, how can we craft this plan so that those become a greater portion of your 168 hours. Mm -hmm. And so, I'll have that power back to the sadness idea and using it as a benefit as opposed to a negative. I have that gift that he gave me now for the rest of my life, right? Which is right. pretty crazy. Um, that was random. Um, but yeah, finding your own really powerful reasons for continuing to do your work, I think can be really helpful when times get tough. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm sorry, sorry, losing him is not easy when you lose somebody suddenly. And, um, but I mean, I'm sure there, there are some of those conversations that you guys have when you're kind of trying to work that out, that you, that at least you have those conversations and like, that you put that time and energy into like the, the time with you guys, because it, that's like, like the, like the, like the now, like you were saying earlier in the show, like, you know, take advantage of those opportunities that you have. And so many people forget that. And then, you know, something like that could happen. So, um, that's, that's unbelievable. But, you know, I just think Justin going back to like everything you just said, it's, I don't even care about if it's the macro or how much you do. And I think that's what people have to understand going back to like what works for you. I totally agree with you because there's some days that when you're building something, you you're only doing what feels right. I think you have to stick to what feels right for you and your process. And I think if there's too many people that'd be like, I have to do this. I have to do that. Or the algorithm says this. And, and I, and I, I feel the same way some days when I'm doing my thing, I don't really know the right way. I just do whatever works for me. And, and I'm like, and I just have to be like, okay, this is what I want to do today. This is what I want to put out. This is what I want to put out. And I'm not going to worry about all that other stuff because I think it's just going to weigh down your process sometimes or, or make you start comparing yourself to what other people are doing. So I, I, I have to kind of like not worry about the likes or this or that and just put out the things that I have, the conversations that I want to have and put out the information that I want to put out and then and, and go from there. So um, if anybody takes that out of this out of this conversation is, don't be afraid to dream, dream big, uh, allow yourself to all the different feelings and and find your own maze and works what's well for you. Anything else you want to add for anybody before we wrap it up? I'll hit on that last point you just brought up about doing what matters to you. Because when we talked earlier about ambitions and people not wanting to pursue something because everyone else is doing it, that's the other thing that I would have added is that I see it all the time where people are existentially struggling like, oh, I want to be a life coach. And they said that I need to make this many sales calls in a day. It's like, well, no, you don't necessarily have to do that. You have to do whatever works for you. And for me, um, I've been through a lot of that already too, right? Like I wanted to figure out, well, what course can I create or what ebook can I create that will allow me to have the revenue that can free me up to go do this inspirational, motivational stuff. Right. And what I've come to realize that for now, what I want to focus on is, putting all that stuff out there. I've taken all the content. I'm just going to put it on YouTube. 
And there's no plan to how that <laughs> helps at this point, right? But that's right. how I feel comfortable doing all of these things. And people will tell me all the time, um, you know, I don't do an interview like this, for example, right? Because, yeah. well, wait, how is that? Are you sure that you're going to get a client from that? Are these kinds of calculations? Right. And yeah. I think people get lost in what their actual values are. And then it's all fine if that's the type of business person you want to be. The issue is that 9, 10, 12, 15, 25 years down the road, when they need that deep rest because they're depressed, they're yes. looking back and they're like, holy shit, like I was living uh, because that guru told me this is what I needed to do. And I just followed that map. No, I wasn't following my own maze, as we put it earlier. So I guess that's a perfect kind of mic drop moment for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you because I, that is exactly what I think is so important and what people have to understand. It's your, like I always say in my other show, like yeah, we only have one life to live, so make sure you're living your life and nobody else's. And I think if more people would start living their life, they'd be a lot happier. Justin, I really appreciate you. Anybody that wants to follow Justin, uh, it's Just Tries, correct? Correct. And the fun thing with that is for, you know, I don't think it's super unique, but it's unique enough that it was available on all platforms. So that part was fun, like whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or everywhere I can be found at Just Tries. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to pursue some dreams or, or watch him trying different things, uh, follow him and uh, check him out. Uh, Justin, I really appreciate you taking the time out with me. Uh, this is another episode of Chicken in the Bag podcast. We'll be back next week with another conversation. Hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Thank you. This episode of Chicken in a Bag is over. She's got to get back to being a mom, wife, bartender, therapist, comedian, you know, real life stuff. But you can catch more episodes of Kristen being Kristen on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch you next time.